Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm standing in a strange back room area in the Fortune Sound Lounge with a member of the Vales. I'd love you to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Finn Andrews, and I am, yes, the singer in the Vales, as you mentioned. I have never been in this back room before, and it is very interesting. The Fortune Sound Lounge has just done renovations, so I'm not quite sure where I am in the building. Yeah, you can see uh, you can see the inside of the walls, which I quite like. Insulation, cobwebs. Yeah. Yeah. Without further ado, why don't I play a song by The Veils? I'm going to play Axolotl. How would you like to introduce this song to people who maybe have never heard of The Veils before? Uh, well, this is quite a strange one for us. I wouldn't say it was indicative of uh, how we generally sound, but it was certainly a very fun um, experiment, I guess, with these slightly deranged little loops and me howling into a, um, into a keyboard. Um, yeah, it's sort of strange, transformative song about an endangered Mexican salamander. Um, I think it, it writes itself, really, yeah. I'm glowing
to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Axolotl by a band called The Veils Off, their latest record. And that record's called Total Depravity. I have Finn from the band here with me, and I'd love you to tell me a bit more about this track. About Axolotl? Uh, well, yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's a... It's a... Yeah, I, yeah. It's got like a, it's got a nice beat to it, and uh, you know. I feel all those yeahs had so much in each of them. I, I think you should take those yeahs and dissect them, and you'll find there is a lot of information within them. The, the closer you look, but uh, you should do it later. Yeah. Okay, I picked this song to play first because this record, Total Depravity, was co-produced by LP. Now, first, some people are not going to know who that is, so I would love you to describe LP. LP is a uh, was predominantly a, a hip hop producer and, um, and a rapper. That sound you hear is Finn grabbing some gum. <laughs> no, it's cigarettes actually. These are cigarettes. Um, that sound you hear is Finn rolling a cigarette. Yes. I think we can get away with it out here. We're basically in a sort of post-apocalyptic bunker. Yeah. Um, I won't tell, but who's LP? LP, okay. So, well, yeah, he's um, yeah, a rapper and a producer, and um, we met in Los Angeles uh, just as we were getting started on this record. And um, he's a very, very interesting, very very funny man, actually. We have um, we've had a great deal of fun together, LP and I. And um, a lot of similar musical tastes as well, I would say, um, despite coming from sort of different areas of music. So I know the Veils and I know LP's music. And at first listen, I wouldn't think that there's necessarily a lot in common there. So for people who don't know, how about you tell me your favorite LP song? And I'll play that in the background as we talk about this. Uh, well, I think uh, Lie, Cheat, Steal of uh, the, um, the last one on the Jules record, that would be... One of my favorites. Actually, their new one, um, uh, Talk to Me, is pretty great as well. Um, so I'd play, maybe play the new one, maybe that's a good idea. Great man, did it not face down in the Vietnam muscle, I cannot style on you. And then I walk uphill both ways to the booth and back and I wild on you. You think baby Jesus killed Hitler just so I'd whisper? When you're safe inside of these crooks, tap your phone and I have a file on you. Huh. But me, worry not, buddy, I've lost before, so what? Yeah, that's, uh, but that's what's interesting, I guess. You take two people from these different parts of town and you sort of smush, them, smush the brains together. And, um, I think because he'd been a fan of our band for a long time as well, he was he understood what we were about and wasn't trying to sort of just overtake us completely, you know, which I think would be the danger if you were collaborating with someone from a totally different area of music. Um, so I think that's what helped it sort of all blend together and make this kind of interesting interesting um interesting mix so i read that you guys met outside a bar i want to know how you have a conversation with such different cvs and decide to work together how does that happen well, it was basically him asking uh, it just seemed we got on really well 
and uh, he said, well, I'm here tomorrow. We should go to uh, my friend Wilder's house and um, fuck around. That was, that was basically it. It just seemed, seemed a shame not to try something. And Axolotl was the first one we made, and that sort of spearheaded the, the rest of the record, right? So the record that we're talking about today is Total Depravity. When you were asked about the album name, I read in one interview, you said that you have a whole bunch of lists of different things, and when you needed a title, you went to the book and looked up the lists. I'd love to hear about one other list you've got in your book. Uh, well, yeah, the, all the lists are song related. So uh, there's just, you can sort of chart the, the madness of writing a record from the beginning of these sort of notebooks to the end of them. And you start writing all these very optimistic lists of songs in the beginning of songs that you later realize uh, weren't really up to scratch. Um, so the first lists are generally, yeah, they're a little embarrassing. As you go along, it sort of starts to take shape. But uh, yeah, they're always song related lists. But there's there's a great deal of them, definitely. So I think we should play another track by The Veils. I'm going to play Low Lays the Devil. So how would you like to say one or two sentences about that before we hear it? Well, this one's all about the the drums for me. We were sort of messing around with these strange loops and um, getting the drummer to kind of play over these loops and then sort of dissecting them, putting them back together. Um, And then it's just me kind of howling over the top as as usual. Yeah. Enjoy. Is that secret you keep still in your heart as you sleep? Old as the lay of the land, cold as all matters at hand. Long as the river of song, mad as the world it moves on. High as the heaven.
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Low Lays the Devil Off, Total Depravity by a band called The Veils. I have Finn standing here with me, smoking a cigarette. On this record, Total Depravity, characters pop up throughout the song, so I thought I'd ask, after we hear each song, for you to tell me about the character in that track. Okay, sure. Uh, sorry, which song was it? Low Lays oh, the Low Devil. Lays the Devil, right. Uh, well, these ones, I think, um, they're, they're less character-driven than perhaps some of the others. This one is... Um, I'd say I think it's me singing this song. Um, and I think the songs are themselves a way to sort of get to grips with your own weird sort of character. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's me in this one. The further you get along in your career, is it more difficult to write songs from your perspective? Uh, no, I, I think it, if anything, is, has I've... I think you make peace with the lack of control that you really have over what you're doing and you're just sort of um, going more and more with, uh, along with sort of intuition rather than any um, anything else, really. And whenever you try and plan what you're doing, it's a disaster. Yeah, you make peace with the, the chaos of it all a little more as you go along. So today we're talking about the record Total Depravity. You've said that when you were writing this record, you wrote it 9 to 5 like a day job. I'd love you to talk about that. Yeah, well, that, that, I guess I took sort of inspiration from a lot of... You can't really tell with songwriters because they're such a cagey bunch uh, in interviews. Um, when you're growing up, you read a lot of... Inter- I read a lot of interviews with different people that I uh, loved, obviously. And um, you try and sort of piece together what they do and how you could, you know, one day try and be anywhere near as sort of good as these people. And something that came up a lot, I, I realized, was this sort of... Uh, discipline with writing and treating it not just as this sort of free-spirited whenever it sort of the fancy takes me I I moved to my writing desk with my my quill I sort of it seemed very apparent that's not really what people do at all and um if you want to catch the fish you got to go fishing it's basically as simple as that and sort of every day go down and sorry to use a hunting analogy it didn't really suit me very well but uh that's the uh, that's the meat of it I guess um to just treat it like this thing even if you don't feel any uh, urge at all that day to write something to to do it and to see where where you go with it um yeah so that's uh, i mean that's been the way for the last probably six seven years i've been treating it like that and um on tour it gets harder but uh yeah the rest of the time that's the idea so when you switched over from writing when inspiration hit to writing as a nine-to-five job what was the biggest struggle that you faced Oh, it's just your own mind. Yeah, you're just presented with yourself far too regularly. Um, I mean, in that way, I think it differs from most jobs where I think you're, um, you know, you can sort of distract yourself with other things or just sort of do something. This, it's, uh, that was the hardest thing. I think you're sort of just sitting in your own com- company a lot and facing up to how much incredible mediocrity there is in you as, as well and having to plow through all these things to find you know, a little a little grain of um, of sort of interest or beauty in there is sometimes a real uh, struggle. You know, but it's something I think that um, yeah, it, it helps the whole enterprise a lot. I think if you're willing to to go into it every day. You publish your song lyrics on the Vale's website. Not every artist does that, so I'd love to hear your reason. Uh, yeah, it was really because people kept asking for them, and because otherwise they end up uh, with people's sort of interpretations of them which i think are great but it's nice to have the other as well i think so that um as so much time's sort of spent on them it's quite nice to have them there um yeah that's the only reason really 
a lot of musicians that I interview don't like to talk about the true meanings of songs because they'd rather the fans have their own relationship with the tracks. Hmm. What do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I think it's something that is um, difficult to talk about in too much detail with things. I think you have... Because because they're, as I say, they're, they're a way to sort of examine your own character a lot of the time. It's an odd um, thing to be able to to dissect in any way. And honestly, when I talk about these things, I'm sort of... Whatever comes into my head is uh, becomes is what I say, and uh, that changes a lot as well over time. The songs' meanings alter, and um, so I think to set them in stone is a, is, um, is a, it doesn't really help uh, in understanding them because they are they're shifting things as well. They've got little lives of their own, I think, and so the lives in in listeners' heads is uh, is just as valid as as my own, obviously. I think it's time to play an older track by The Veils. I'm going to offer you a choice. I can either play Nox, Vomica, or you can go rogue and pick something you want to hear. What should we play? No, let's hear Nox, Vomica. Yes, I'm always, always keen for that one. And why are you happy with that choice? Well, that's one that's had a, a long voyage with us. It's one we play, I think we've played every night really since it was written, which isn't true of a lot of the songs. It's always... Um, it's come along with us and it's moved and transformed. And at the moment, it's, it's an interesting time to be playing it. It was written in the sort of height of um, of Bush, of Bush 2. Um, and it's sort of taken on a whole other meaning now, I suppose, in the land of, uh, in the land of Trump. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, it's moving with us and moving with the world. What's um, your love for the olive boys down in the house of corrections? As they try for love and then in form of ascension Am I on the right train headed in the wrong direction? What say you, Lord? What say you, Lord? Am I living wrong? Do you see a long road with no one on it? of men that you learnt only to forget You see my sad wife and my high margin of profit But you don't care at all You don't care What say you Lord Now that they're breeding all our animals inside and the remedy is growing harder to obtain There's a white horse running wild through the switch cane I can hear him now And I feel it Frenzy of elimination Such an irreparable disintegration My body's twitching with a ready expectation For kingdom come My kingdom What say you, Lord? Why is the truth of this so hard to unveil? I never knew what this would entail But from the hands of Christ to the heads of the Daily Mail I'll see you all 
show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track nox vomica it's a self-titled track off a record by a band called the veils i have finn here from the band you are now five records into your career not many bands make it that long i'd love you to talk a little bit about the toughest time in your career and i'll play a track from that era in the background oh yeah um yeah i mean five albums is i don't know how we did that and still a it's it's i felt lucky to make every single one of them you know it's and it's always hard it's never been easy for us it's never been a sort of uh we've always had to prove to ourselves and prove to everyone else that it was worth us making another record each time so i don't know if there's a specific period i suppose when we left uh, rough trade uh, that was um after our third record so the, the fourth record was made very much out on our own that was a hard time i think sort of really wondering if if we'd ever get to make another one after that, you know. So before you go on, let's either pick a track off Sun Gangs or Time Stays, We Go. Uh, well, if possible, could we play, um, there's a song called Out From The Valley and Into The Stars, which I actually like the, uh, the Abbey Road session version better of. So maybe we could, um, maybe we could play that if you can track it down. I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, cool. I'd had enough of the valley So I took a walk down to Vincent Street Thinking there might be somebody Hanging round there that I'd like to meet But I walked round there for hours And there was no one that I could see No one but three got a flowers All singing on pretty dogs No home pretty dogs 
said that was a difficult time because you were between two record labels so what's the way you got through that like how did you find the second record label uh well it was just through carrying on really it was um i mean obviously we didn't know we were between two things at all we just thought we didn't have one thing anymore so it was an odd uh, feeling and having to sort of uh it was just luck really i think when we just kept going i think that was it really kept touring and um kept writing and existing and um, eventually you know, someone came along and gave us some money to make another one which is good and, um, yeah it's always you're always the sort of Damocles is always hanging over um, bands I think and especially today so it's just something you get used to I think and, um, and it, it was a big realisation I guess that it doesn't really none of that matters actually as long as you've got the spirit in you still and still got the will for it then um, yeah then it'll it'll keep going if you give it time so you've released your fifth record, and that record's called Total Depravity. I read that when you finish each record, you take your dad out and listen to it in the car. For people who don't know, can you introduce your dad? My dad uh, was um, well, he's in a band currently still called Shriekback, who've been going for a long time. He was in a band called XTC when he was younger. And uh, yeah, been a, been a musician since, since he was a, a kid as well. So yeah, it's always a nice thing to um, be able to play each other our records, I guess. It's a nice thing to bond over. Does that mean there is a quid pro quo where when your dad finishes a record, you guys go out and you listen to one of his? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, and we, we both sort of, um, I was just singing some backing vocals on one of his new songs the other day. Um, yeah, it's a lovely thing to be able to do. And uh, he has you know, impeccable taste, which is handy as well. Nice. Well, I think we should play another track off Total Depravity. I'm going to play the track Iodine and Iron. So I'd love you to tell me a bit about that one. Uh, well, this is I, this is a real favorite of mine at the moment. And um, it was one as the oldest song on the record. And it was almost on the, well, it was really on the sort of cast-offs heap for a while. And um, it got brought back to life. The band brought it back to life, really. Um, yeah, it's a really special little song uh, for us. Ain't it useless to fight Or to pretend It'll all come out right In the end Still you wait for me You've only 
just heard the track iodine and iron off the record total depravity by a band called the veils i have finn from the band here with me you were talking before about how the band resuscitated this song i'd love to hear how a band can take a song that was a discard and turn it into a track you love again yeah that's it's a delicate thing i mean there are quite a few songs like that that you give you give them a run and you uh, you play through with everyone and sometimes they just don't catch fire i guess i don't know it's that's yeah, you just have to be patient with them all, I think, and give them... Uh, nothing's ever thrown away, I suppose. You can always use things either for spares or um, you can sort of bring them back again. But it's a, yeah, it's an odd odd process. But yeah, nothing ever dies, I think that's probably... Was there any one person in particular who championed this song? Uh, yeah, Ubi, actually, uh, our keyboard player. Um, there are two songs on the record, I think, that probably wouldn't have made it. Iodine and Iron and In the Nightfall, which were both songs that... We tried a million different ways and hadn't worked, and then just suddenly after, just through sort of sheer perseverance, came together at the last minute. Oh, I didn't ask you. Mm. You didn't talk about the character in the song Iodine and Iron. Ah. 
Uh, well, again, yeah, that's probably one of the more autobiographical numbers, I think. Yeah, yeah. There are certainly there are characters in this record. I think that one and and Lois the Devil are, um, yeah, there's me in there somewhere. All right, the last song I'm going to play is called In the Nightfall. But this song I was reading, you recorded at David Lynch's house. Yes, yeah, that was just a, just hanging out in L.A. seems to bring strange things. <laughs> yeah. So first hanging out in L.A., you go to a club and you meet LP. And then you're hanging out in L.A. and somehow you end up back at David Lynch's house? Yeah, it's basically like, yeah. Well, we were working with Dean Hurley, who uh, has worked with David for years and years and amazing talent in and of himself and uh, so it was, it was Dean that invited us up there and um, yeah so it was just a great um, yeah, great experience um, and added something to that song I think um, with the synths in it you know have this sort of um, uh, Lynchian quality to them which was um, intentional at the time so that sort of kind of yeah brought the song to life the environment that it was Maiden, which is interesting as well. It may be hard to believe, but there are going to be some people who don't know who David Lynch is, so I'd love you to tell me who he is. Oh, everyone knows who he is, surely. No? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's few people like him in the world, really. Uh, sort of, every, I can't think of a, a misstep he's ever made. I just uh, There's so much to appreciate in everything he's made. He's one of the great American filmmakers, and um, I mean, I'd start with um, Razorhead or Blue Velvet, and work your way through all of um so the elephant man is fantastic and Mahon drive obviously and um inland empire and i i wouldn't I, I don't know where to begin with him and i mean his music's incredible as well he's like um an incredible painter as well you know it's a true true renaissance man of uh, los angeles it's amazing They've said that you're going to be in Twin Peaks, the upcoming reboot of the classic television show that is helmed by auteur David Lynch. You probably can't talk a lot about it. Working with somebody like that must be incredible. So you've done several videos over the course of your career. You've worked with David Lynch now as a filmmaker. What's one thing that you can say about working with him on a technical level that you would only see an auteur do? Uh, Well, the thing I was most struck by was less sort of uh, technical but more just the way uh, the way he is I think actually and the way the people around him are and the way they work everyone was so um, very very warm and um, I, I wasn't I really wasn't sure what that would be like at all to 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 work with someone like him as I say he was just you know is in this just incredible position in the world of being just sort of universally respected and and loved you know and um and is still making this great work i wasn't sure what um you don't meet many people like that i suppose and you can see actually they're just this you know this family and they've all worked together for ages and everyone is there's no sort of pretension or um um arrogance with anyone everyone's just is, is making things and and um and you know it's still incredibly personable and um uh, yeah i find that just incredibly inspiring really to be to be around Um, yeah, that's what I took away from it most. All right, Finn, thank you very much for spending some time with me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. We should come hang out in this uh, room more sometime. It's pretty nice. Get a a couch in here. See if we can find any dead animals in the walls. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. But before we end the show, I would love you to say a little bit about In the Nightfall, because I'm going to play that now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. I've, I don't know if I have much more to add on that. It was a, it was a song nearly um, that ran away from us and that we... Uh, we summoned back again um, 
it's sort of it has a strange narrator this one it's sort of it's a love song but I think it might be sung by sort of a guy hiding out in the bushes outside the house I don't know if you should trust the, the narrator entirely that's my take on it anyway but it's also it's got a sweet it's got a sweetness to it as well thank you very much for being on my show pleasure thank you for having me step down to the sound of my radio on the right song I thought I saw a sign And I know it rained Cause the night shone Down
Hi, this is Finn from The Vales, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.